The following podcast is an Embassy Row production. Welcome back to The Bright Side. Today, my guest is Matt Sanders, who is a celebrity interior designer, digital brand expert, and TV personality. You can see him on OWN Network's Homemade Simple and the upcoming Queer Eye spinoff called Work by MailChimp. Matt also has an award-winning furniture line called Consort and has launched lifestyle sites My Domain and Domino Magazine. Quite a resume. I, I'm a jack of all trades. You really are. <laughs> well, I wanted to invite you here today because from my personal experience, you embody everything that this podcast is about. You're a light, always warm, pleasant, vibrant, funny, inspiring, welcoming, wise. You're the person in the room I'd always turn to if I felt unsure of everyone else. I love this description, and I've been called many worse things. Okay. Well, I'm so happy to have you here. And I wanted to start off because it's not every day that we have a world-class interior designer here on the show with us. So I wanted to ask you, when it comes to making an interior space more cheery or uplifting, do you have any go-to tips or tricks that listeners may be able to incorporate into their own homes? You know, I am a firm believer that the home is your springboard right? So it is the place where you recharge every day. And how are you going to be your best self when you step outside the door, unless you can feel your best self when you're at home. So I think in order to make a home as cheery and as personable as possible, it's all about filling it with what I call endowed objects. These are things that are super meaningful to you. So don't just buy things for the sake of buying things. Let everything have a meaning to you. And, And I love shopping flea markets. I love traveling. I love shopping at Ikea, but everything that I pick and touch means something to me. And uh, whether or not it's just aesthetic and it kind of speaks to me and and makes me feel a little more stylish or whether it's something that's a family heirloom or something that I've carried with me for a while and I just never want to let go of. I love to surround myself with things that kind of make me feel more powerful. I talk about that a lot, actually, that one of the things that helps me to feel really happy every day is when I spend time outside and I find something really beautiful in nature that automatically just makes me feel good for the day. Like usually for me, it's roses almost every time. You love roses. I love roses. It's just a thing. And anytime I see a white rose, it's like my whole day is made. But I can find other things. And I think that's a good point around the house. Sometimes I'll notice something that I haven't really paid attention to in my home before or recently that all of a sudden I'm like, you know, that's actually really pretty. Or even the light coming in the window a certain way can be really nice. Mm -hmm. And of course, there's tons of tips and tricks I could give you for, you know, best ways to decorate your house. But really, I think it's about surrounding yourself with things that make you happy and make you smile. I have this baseball bat from my very first apartment in New York City. It came with the place. I don't know who it ever belonged to, but Mm -hmm. it's it's just a real heavy wooden baseball bat. I don't even play baseball, but I've carried (laughs) this baseball bat with me to every apartment that I've ever owned. It makes me feel a little safe in case there's a break-in and entering. I can... You know, that's your weapon of choice. Wield the weapon of choice, but it just sits in the corner and it reminds me of when I had nothing and I was just starting out and I was being very scrappy and I had my first apartment that I was obsessed with in New York City. Yeah. So, kind of like the nostalgic items that make you, yeah. Or I had a little tryst on Fire Island this summer with a boy and we were collecting shells on the beach and that tryst has come and gone, but has it? uh, I know. I remember you telling me a little bit about this. Yeah. But but I, uh, you know, I think of him and we're still friends and that moment was so special because it was such a 
a special time in my life. And that little shell sits on my fireplace mantle. And every now and then I'll pass it and I'll look and I'll be reminded of that moment. And mm -hmm. that's the kind of stuff that just kind of lights you up when you're on your own and you're in your own personal space. I really love that. That's so sweet. Speaking of the tryst, I know that not too long ago, you went through a breakup of your own. You were in a long-term relationship and that came to an end. And I think that a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are maybe in a situation that's similar or they've gone through something kind of heavy in their life recently and they're looking for a way to move past that and kind of see the light side of things. Is there anything that you did or like any kind of ritual you practiced or anything that you found particularly helpful as you were going through your breakup that helped you to feel better and move forward from that? You know, I think a lot of people go through similar things when they exit a relationship, right? Mm -hmm. We all kind of go like, Blah! I go crazy and <laughs> act out and in a way... I think I first met you in your blah, go crazy yeah, phase, right? I think we kind of met each other, right? It's around the same... We were going through a very similar might, thing. That could be... Yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. I just remember... Okay, just real quick, a little anecdote that... Because I was going to talk to you about one of my favorite memories with you. And one of them was... that They pretty much all are when we were out in England in the countryside. But one of them in your blah phase, I think, was when you were wearing the, that G-string, the metal, metallic G-string. It was string. a speedo. And, okay, okay. <laughs> Sorry, the speedo in the middle of the party. Everyone is pretty much fully clothed, I think, right? But not mad. For some reason, I was like, let's take this party to the next level. And I went upstairs <laughs> and I went into my suitcase and I just raided all these weirdo things that I bought. And I came down wearing a silver speedo and a see-through mesh top with like color-blocked sleeves and like yes. a Tom of Finland daddy leather cap. And I put on snow boots, which I don't even know why I brought <laughs> snow boots to this trip. And um, it was a little cold outside, but that's what I was wearing. It was so, I think I have a picture of that somewhere. Maybe when we promote the podcast, we'll use that photo <laughs> to promote it. I think it was a pretty good look. It'll draw some attention. It was a good look. And then my other favorite look of yours is always whenever you wear the shirt with the whole cutout around the nipple. I was really into cutouts. That That's my that mom's season. favorite look of yours too. Anytime you come up, she's like, I hope he's wearing that shirt it's very disarming it was a comb de garçon shirt and they were doing lots of cutouts and it has it was like a patchwork button down but then one of the patches was missing right over where my nipple is yeah. and like for a men's shirt it's a little strange to be walking up to the person at starbucks and they don't notice it at first and then all of a sudden they'll notice that my nipple is out and they get very uncomfortable <laughs> so it's really fun to just kind of walk around and disarm people it is fun okay so sorry i didn't want to interrupt you <laughs> on the breakup advice but go ahead what were you going to say so, yeah, you know, I think everyone kind of gets to a place where they like burn their life to the ground mm -hmm. in a sense, you know, and they want to be reborn as this phoenix. And I think that's kind of what I went through over the summer. And at the tail end of that, it was all about kind of getting inward and, and really focusing on yourself and not feeling bad about that. You know, I think you when you are involved in a relationship for so long, you can kind of lose sight of who you are. And I know that sounds like such a simple thing to say, but you know, you lose practice of what it's like to get to know yourself and feel comfortable spending time for yourself. And for me, for a while, I was really not comfortable being alone. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm the type of person that likes to be surrounded by friends that always likes to have something to do. And, you know, I had to retrain myself to be like, it's okay to just be with yourself. I've literally been through the exact, every single thing that you're saying right now is completely ringing a bell with me. I can, because I think A, 
figuring out who I am now that I'm on my own has been such a process. And I feel like I have gone through that blah phase. Like sometimes I'll have a crazy night. I'm like, this is who I am now, right? Or other times I just want to do self-help and sit at home and read. And I feel like more sophisticated or I don't even know. I've had all these different phases and there really is something to that. And also I read somewhere that you should never judge somebody based on what they're, what they say or do when they're just trying to figure themselves out, right? Like when they're in the middle of chaos and they're just trying to survive. And I've kind of had to apply that to myself because I think I can be hard on myself too and think about, you know, if I feel like I did something that was kind of out of character that I'll judge myself a little bit harshly about it. And I'm like, you know what? It, none of it really matters. Like I, this is all a part of the process. Exactly. And you just kind of have to let yourself go through that. Exactly. And from an outside perspective, by the way, I mean, I know that you went through a blah phase, but it was, it didn't seem too crazy from an outside perspective. <laughs> yeah. So. And, you know, I think it's a natural part of the recovery phase. And like you said, don't be hard on yourself. Allow yourself to go through that. Allow yourself to make bad decisions. Allow yourself to take risks as long as it's not life-threatening. <laughs> and, and then be super perceptive and aware of what you're going through and look back on that and say, okay, now is the time to become reborn. And who is the new Caitlin? Who is the new Matt that is going to emerge from all of that? It really does put you in a position to take on all these new projects because it's sort of like you've wiped the slate clean and you're in a totally new place and you've got all this creative energy. Speaking of which, your vision quest that you recently went on. Yes. So I'm just, all I know is that you went out to the desert and I saw some artwork happening. And you want to tell me what that was about? <laughs> yeah. So um, I have been going through what I call creative recovery. And I think it's really natural for creatives to, from time to time, feel like they become blocked and they become stuck. You know, artists go through this all the time, no matter what your medium. I do interior design. I do on-camera talent work. I do all kinds of like creative digital stuff. But, you know, you just get tired of things sometimes. You feel like it's it's just um, the same old thing over and over and over again. And you feel like you might just need to be re-inspired. So I went to Joshua Tree to take myself on a vision quest. I just brought my dog. I brought my Jeep. I stopped at the art supply store on the way out of town and I bought a giant roll of canvas and a bunch of big chunky paintbrushes and a bunch of acrylic paints. And I brought my journals and I brought my guitar and I, I, I stopped at the grocery store on the way into Joshua Tree and I just like raided the grocery store with all of my favorite foods I loved as a child corn pops and pop tarts and like did you have a guidebook that was like giving all, you some of this inspiration no, all of that stuff just, I just made up on my own I knew okay. that I just wanted to go and be isolated and know what it was like to feel playful again without anyone around me to tell me what to do was this part of the process of you getting more comfortable with being on your own as well exactly okay. and let me tell you what so I went for a week and I should have scheduled it for two weeks because by the time I got comfortable with myself, it was time to go. It was home. time to go. Day one, I mean, I have a very overactive brain. And on day one, I could not shut it off. It was all about, okay, getting the house situated and putting everything away and, you know, figuring out how the house works and looking up online all the things I want to do. And then day two, you're like, okay, well, let me start scheduling these things. And day three, you kind of fall into it. And then you beat yourself up for not doing this unrealistic list of things that you said you were going to accomplish on this trip. Right. And then by day four, you're like, okay, now I'm going to start actually doing these things and I'm feeling good about it but oh my god and then day five you're like all right I'm in it and then suddenly it's time to go mm -hmm. so you know it, it was a good lesson for me in being able to slide back into just being comfortable alone and, and getting creative more instantly I think if I were to do this again I would know I, I, it would be easier for me to just 
suddenly like get creative and start being Just snap playful back into again. It. Yeah. But you know, you'd be surprised. We get so stuck in the machine and the rut of our daily lives and what we're used to doing and how we're used to working that when you kind of push yourself to step outside those boundaries and do something like when I went to Joshua Tree, it's, it's difficult to just like slide right into it. I haven't done the creative vision quest, but just trying to remove myself and find complete peace in kind of the quiet and taking some time to just be really calm and practice things like meditation or just writing in my journal or whatever it is to kind of slow down and be present and not thinking about everything else that's going on, mm-hmm. I'll go out to my parents' place in New Hampshire because there is literally nothing to do there, but just kind of be with myself and I'll go for long walks and I take real time to try to just be with myself because I had a similar problem to you where I felt like I needed someone around all the time in order to be distracted. Mm-hmm. And one of my biggest goals in this whole process of you know rediscovering myself since I've been single has been to get very happy just on my own. Because I think you can't, you know, ever be in a relationship again, or at least you probably shouldn't until you're so satisfied just on your own that you're a complete person going into your next relationship, right? 100%. And I have the same kind of regret where I, I would go to my parents' house for a week and just as I'm finally getting to a place where I feel, wow, I'm actually feeling very calm here and I feel like I'm really accomplishing things, And I'm feeling satisfied by just spending my day meditating and going to feed this horse that's down the road and doing these really relaxing things that just as I get to that place, it's always time to fly back to LA and then I'm in the thick of it again. And I feel like I kind of lose some of that. Right. And it's hard to, for me, it's hard to get back into it when I only have a day or two. I feel like I really need to remove myself. Yeah. And one thing that's been guiding me um, that I'm doing and I've done twice before in my life um, is a program called The Artist's Way. Okay. Um, and it's a workbook by Julia Cameron. And I recommend it for anybody, whether or not you're an artist or a creative. If you're feeling stuck or blocked in some way, this program is miraculous in helping you unleash your creative So even powers. if you're not an artist, because I'm not, right? Like my only creative outlet that I have found so far that I actually am decent at is writing. So for me, that's what I have found that it, when I spend a lot of time writing, I actually feel like that's very cathartic for me and that's a good thing for me to be doing. But I also would like to be able to do more. So maybe this is something that I should. Yeah. And so it's interesting that you say that because what the program is actually rooted in is writing. So it's a 12-week program. And the two fundamentals of the program are stream of conscious writing every single morning. It's the first thing you do before anything. Three pages, stream of conscious writing. And then uh, the other thing that you do every week is you take yourself on a two-hour self-date. And it can be anything you want. It could be going to a museum or something as small as going to the store and buying a book of stickers and just feeling childish about it. Okay, I love this. And what it does is, you know, art is an artist brain activity, right? And you nurture the brain through rhythm. And it's the same thing with meditation. You sit there and you breathe and you focus on the breath and you accept thoughts and then you kind of put them aside and you fall into your mantra And that's what writing in the morning does. We call them morning pages. The stream of conscious writing is that it sets your brain into this rhythm where you can kind of disappear and, and, and you'd be really surprised what pops out on the page. And some days you're totally frustrated and you don't want to do it and you have to make yourself do it. And you literally just write, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I'll have written three pages of I hate this just to get it over with. Oh, but in that exercise, you start to dive deep and things Mm -hmm. start to pop into your head. I think it was David Lynch that said, to catch the biggest fish, you have to dive deep. 
And okay. that's what these morning pages do. And like already I'm, I'm only three weeks into the program right now. The amount of things that have come up that I that I'm making a list of creative projects that I want to start or just the way it's kind of altered the way I express myself on social media, the way it's kind of like changed my perception of what I want to do next in interior design has been transformative for me. It reminds me what you're describing reminds me a little bit of when you do breath work and all of the things, these emotions and thoughts that you hadn't even realized you're having. You're, you know, you're not controlling anything and you're just doing this heavy breathing. All of these thoughts that you didn't even realize were lying there start to come out. Yeah. Right? That's really cool. Yeah. You know, blocked people are very creative and powerful. And usually that's being uh, inhibited by guilt or shame somehow. And it's because we often surround ourselves with people who aren't supportive to us. Crazy makers, they're called. And, you know, it's all about unblocking yourself and putting those people aside, recognizing who those people are and surrounding yourself with safe people who are going to support and cultivate your creativity. And it's a very spiritual journey too. it, you know, talks a lot about the great creator and that can be whoever you want that to be. That can be God if um, you know you believe in more of a, a Christian God, or it can be something a little more ethereal. But the idea is that there is this great creator who created us, and we are a creation of that great creator. And in us, inherently, it's our mission to create for that great creator. So it's all about this sense of creating in the name of a great creator and figuring out what that is. And it can be anything. It could be writing, it could be dancing, it could be painting, it could be performance, but it's a really, really unique program that I recommend to everyone. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to give that a try because it sounds amazing. And speaking of different forms of therapy to get through things, for me personally, listening to music has been very helpful. I, I listen to music every morning as soon as I wake up. It just makes me feel happy right off the bat from the beginning of the day. So something I ask every guest that we have on the show is what their go-to song to listen to is that makes them feel happy. Oh my God. This is so embarrassing. <laughs> What is it? Well, I have a couple. Okay, what I was, well, first of all. Well, I want to know the one that was going to be embarrassing because I feel like that's the first one that came to your mind. I mean, it's Broadway show tunes. Oh. <laughs> that's all I listen I to just, in the car. Okay, well, which one? I, for, I forgot. I do know that you love Broadway show tunes. Okay, so what is it? Oh, God, my favorite Broadway show tune. I mean, I think it's Dreamgirls. Cute. <laughs> I love that. That's so nice. By the way, I went to see Swan Lake because I saw that you had been. Oh, did you like it? I loved it, but I had no idea that it was going to be all men. Yeah. I just thought it was going to be a traditional performance of the show. That was so cool. Yeah. Did you love it? Oh my God, I loved it. Yeah, that was, um, it's from the 90s, that version of Swan Lake. It's been kind of going around since then. It was revolutionary at the time. And so it's interesting to see it still running, you know. Yeah, it was a beautiful show. I was so glad that I got in to see it. And thank you for posting about it so I knew. Okay, what's your worst habit when you're feeling down? Isolation. And not in the healthy way of I'm using this time to, you know, work on myself or just be happy being alone. It's more kind of like feeling grumpy and taking naps and watching terrible things on TV. You know, you know, it's interesting because I feel like the more I ask this question, I realize that seems to be in general what everybody struggles with when they're feeling in a bad place, because that's sort of the same as mine. Like, I'll just think, oh, I would just rather not do my morning walk today. I just want to stay in and, you know, eat something unhealthy or like not be pro productive. And yeah. So what do you do when you're feeling that way to try to snap out of it? I usually connect with friends. You know, I think it's all about this constellation that we create of people that are wonderful in your life. And it's a network of stars that um, I try to keep very close 
And, you know, those are the people that lift me up and those are the people that light me up. So anytime I'm feeling like I am being screamed at on the television by MSNBC and I feel really horrible, I like pick up the phone and I call my friend Telly. I'm like, let's go do, let's go on a hike. You know, I actually don't even have television, like cable television set up at my house anymore. And I used to wake up every morning and watch the news. And I seriously think that watching the news every day was really hindering my happiness because you're being reminded of so many dark things that are going on in the world around you. And I realized that same, by the way, with watching Unsolved Mysteries, <laughs> if I watch any kind of 2020, any kind of show like that, that puts these sort of negative thoughts into your head and you become more aware of the bad things that are happening in the world, you really absorb them. Yeah. I think especially if you're an empathetic person and they kind of become what you're thinking about in your life. Yeah. And so I think it's good to try to cut some of that out, especially since it sounds like, you know, it's bothering you. Yeah. And, um, you know, as someone who's really focused on the home, I talk a lot about making it a sanctuary and you have to be really careful about what you consume. And that goes with television as well. So I've also been making a concerted effort in my creative recovery to cut out the news from my TV. And also, have you ever heard of the, it's an app, but also an email that you, newsletter you can subscribe to called The Skim? Yes. Because that for me has made a big difference where if I feel like reading the news and I want it, because you don't want to be oblivious to everything that's going on in the world, right? Right. You want to be up to speed on everything. And I have found that that app at least allows me to kind of, it's, it puts a funny spin on the news. So at least whatever you're reading is not, doesn't feel so heavy. Yeah. And it gives you like bite-sized information. So you can just right. like be up to date and then move on from it. Yeah. And I think that's so important. Exactly. One of the purposes of this podcast is to have a positive effect on someone else's life. We feel like it's important to do kind things for others and give back. Is there someone in your life right now that you have in mind who you would like to send good vibes or energy to, or you would like for our listeners to just kind of keep in mind for the day? Yes, please. Okay. My best friend, she is my sister. I consider her to be my sister. I have three brothers and no sisters, but we've known each other since high school. Her name is Lee Davidson. She is, I'm sorry, her name is Lee Jackalari is her now married name, but to me, she'll always be Lee Davidson. Okay. And that's Jackalari with an X. Try to spell that name. I can't. <laughs> yeah, wait, uh, yeah, where's the X? It starts with an X. Well, it's a beautiful, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it's a beautiful. Again, she's my best friend. I can't, spe I can't spell her married <laughs> last name. Um, but Lee has uh, had brain surgery before she had a tumor in her brain. Um, they got most of it out. It's five years later, something like that. And, um, she, uh, has to have emergency brain surgery again on March 3rd. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm flying to New York to be with her again. It's a crazy procedure where she's awake during the open brain surgery. Ooh. So she could use all of the good vibes in the okay, world. Well, she we'll is one of the strongest, most like powerful, most talented people I know. And she's keeping a really positive mindset about the whole thing. I would be a total mess if this were happening to me. But, um, you know, sometimes it's the strongest people that need the most love in times like this. That's a good point. I think people who put on a brave face sometimes are really, yeah, it's good to have the support from friends. And that's very nice of you to be flying out to spend the time with her, too. I'm sure she'll really appreciate that. So we'll all keep her in mind for sure. All right. Well, in wrapping up, I wanted to share with you something because you and I had a conversation. I don't know if you remember this, but back when we were going to Vuv Clico Polo, I had just gone through a breakup, not my breakup from Brody, but the one after. And we were having a conversation in the car about how 
about, I think, sexuality. And now in hindsight, I'm kind of laughing. I was thinking about this earlier, laughing at myself. Like, why was I even thinking about dating at that point? Or why were we even talking about who I was going to date next or whatever, or whether how I was going to be labeling myself? I don't know where the conversation got started. But you said to me in the car, you know, you don't have to put a label on anything. You can just be whatever and leave it open-ended. And I don't know why. It was so simple what you said. But it really took such a weight off my shoulders and it really inspired me when I was writing my piece for Elle magazine about how people feel pressured to like put labels on themselves or if you feel like you're being judged by people to just not worry about it and kind of let yourself just be free of all of that. And anyway, I just wanted to thank you because I actually kind of feel like that conversation inspired the piece that I wrote. And oh my God. Yeah. And that was a big moment for me in my life. So well, I'm thank glad you. to have offered any kind of inspiration I can to yeah. you. Yeah. Well, you do. You actually do in a lot of ways because anytime you post anything to your social media, I always feel like it's something that makes me feel in some way more inspired or like it's always something that makes me feel uplifted. So I'm grateful for that. Well, that's great. You know, as part of my creative recovery, I know that um, we are all filled with many, many gifts, and it is our job to share those gifts with everyone. And one of the gifts that I've realized that I have, people tell me this, it's something that I kind of already know, is my ability to kind of light people up. Mm -hmm. So even though that's a very small little thing, I try to use it all the time. I'll I'll order at the counter and I'll just kind of like catch that person off guard and make them smile a little bit by just saying their name on their name tag, which nobody probably does to them all day long. But if I give them a goofy look and I'm like, thanks, Myra, she'll look at me (laughs) and she'll be like, boy. And then I'm like, I know that I just made a small difference right there. No, I know. And it's so important to do those little things because you never know what other people are going through. And that's really what the whole purpose of this podcast is. And this is why I wanted to have this podcast is to have people like you on who I feel like can share stories with other people and maybe just provide a little bit of a brighter spot in their day, you know, because you never know what people are going through. And it's just those little things like using someone's name or being just you in your case that can really make a difference in people's lives. So thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. 